I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Western Centric. And thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the show. I am your host, Colton Davies. And alongside me is my co-host and prospects guru, Matthew Zader. Today, we're going to be talking about a handful of WHL debuts that took place. Uh, Nolan Meyer made WHL history, so we'll talk a little bit about that again. Uh, We'll cover the CHL Top 10 rankings for the week. Uh, A few more topics. Matthew Zader's rankings. We'll go through just the Top 96 and touch base on the WHL players that made it. And then our interview with Moostra Warriors defenseman Denton Matejchuk, which will be time-stamped below. Um, We'll start things first off with the WHL debuts. Um, so Ashton Tate made his debut for the Camelot Blazers. These are all kids who were drafted um, just in this past year's Bantam draft, so just a few months ago. Um, so Ashton Tate was, made his debut for the Blazers. Sam Ward made his debut for the Swift Current Broncos. Carter Herman made his debut for the Regina Pats. And Jordan Keller did not make his debut, but he did score his first WHL goal in what took him eight games. So just a couple little notes there to touch base on those kids um a few of those kids obviously are players to watch um did you happen to take a look at uh their debut games at all matthew no i didn't end up watching any of those games but uh i mean towards the end of the season here they're uh you know it's great to see these guys like i've said in the past it's great to see these young guys get a chance yeah um you know towards the end of the season uh, even on teams that are making going to be making the playoffs right so yep i uh, it's good. I don't know how much time they'll get once the playoffs get rolling. I mean, it depends on injuries and stuff like that, but um, even towards the end of the season, just getting in there and potentially even playing in the playoffs, which we, it's great experience for these young guys uh, get the pressure of, of a playoff game or even down the stretch here. So um, it's not just these guys getting in because, you know, these teams are out of it and they, you know, playing these, just playing them. Uh, they're actually getting into games that, could be meaningful uh, right right now. So it, it's good to see. Yeah, absolutely. And I like how you mentioned they're, you know, getting to make their debuts as the season kind of ends. And we're, we're seeing that in the NHL right now too with Owen Power making his debut tonight and Matthew Beniers. And yeah, I think Bobby Brink makes his debut. And there's a number of players like making their debuts in the NHL too. It's it's really cool to see. Yeah, I like seeing the uh, these these young the guys get to, get into it at the end, right? So yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, you mentioned uh, Nolan Mayer at, in the intro there, and yeah, you know he just we t- we've talked about him already, but now he's made yeah. NHL history. Um, yes, 121st career win, only goalie in WHL history to surpass that. Um, you know, this is a great story. I mean. He he's, and I don't think any goaltender is going to make it to, you know, pass him and break his record for a long, long time. It took a long time for him to do it. So yep. um, congrats to him. Uh, Saskatoon blades uh, goaltender, 21 years old. Uh, you know, we don't know. He may get now some, some uh, interest in the, you know, pro and he may play in, you know, and go pro soon. So but it's a great, great uh, accomplishment for him to hit that record and break it. He's uh, had a heck of a season, too. He's got 30 wins, uh, six off his career high set in 2018-19. Uh, he went 36-10-6 and six that year. Uh, he's 30-23-4 and four right now. Um, he probably won't hit that because I think there's not enough games left for him to do it. So, But no. he's broken the record. That's good, though. I mean... You think about how long it took in between the years from him to the last goalie and even like Corey Hirsch, for example, yeah. who played in the early nineties. It's yeah, that's a long time. I think, yeah, like what Sexsmith was the last. So that was 06, 07. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a while. I think like it's, that's one of the records that is broken. Well broken, but it's chased, I guess every decade, maybe in, in yeah. a sense, I guess you could say. 
somebody tries to make that run for it. But yeah, good for him. I mean, and hopefully he picks up some sort of contract. I mean, it's hard not to be noticed right now with the whole CHL and everybody talking about you. So yeah, good so, for him I mean, though. Yeah, and I'm sure scouts are watching and uh who knows what his future will hold, but uh I'm hoping he does get a contract somewhere. Uh, you know, be it the ECHL, AHL, uh you know, anything like that. So it's going to be interesting to watch what happens now uh, after he uh, graduates um, yeah. from the WHL. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll touch base on the top 10 rankings for the CHL for the last past week. Uh, the Winnipeg Ice moved down to number two. The Everett Silver Tips moved up to number three. And the Edmonton Oil Kings dropped to number four. The Canvas Blazers are now the, were the fourth team in the top 10. And they sit at number eight. The Portland Winterhawks received an honorable mention this past week. There's been a lot of movement, um, a lot of OHL teams moving up in the rankings. It's going to be, you know, it's the last few games, as we've mentioned, um, before playoffs obviously begin. I'm quite excited to see what happens out in the East, in the in the OHL and in the queue. Um, and then, of course, you know, what's happening here at home in the WHL, and we'll talk a little bit about that Um later on and a little bit about a couple matchups that are already determined for the playoffs, but you know, it's, it's a, it's the last stretch, I guess is what you can say. Yeah. Teams are trying their best to, you know, get their points in and the Blazers are already their BC champs and Winnipeg. I mean, the Winnipeg ice, I'll just talk about it. Now the Winnipeg ice right. claimed the Scotty Monroe Memorial trophy as the 2022 regular season champions. So that's 51 victories and 107 points on the season. Nobody's going to pass them. So that's the WHL's version of the president's trophy. Um, so, I mean, they're great for them. I mean, no oh, yeah. surprise, <laughs> no surprise <laughs> with Winnipeg. Yeah. They've been dominating all season long and, you know, only 10 losses on the season on the year regulation. Um, they barely lose. I mean, 81% uh, winning percentage. So <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, and it's insane. They're also leading the whole league in uh, goals for two, 305. Okay. Goals. And nice. uh, I believe they're also the best defensive team too. only allowed 147. So yeah, they're definitely one of them. I've read that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're the best offensive and defensive team going into the playoffs. So it will be tough to beat and uh, we'll see what happens. Yep. I mean, in my, Oh, what did I, I think in my rankings or my rankings, sorry, my predictions that I did for hockey writers when I was with them was Kamloops and was it Edmonton or Winnipeg? I picked this the final. Oh, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look, <laughs> but, but you know, it's, it's hard not to like just watch what Winnipeg's doing and just the, the amount of skill in that team. And obviously, you know, we talked to Zach Benson, um and they're a very close-knit group there um and you got guys like Matthew Savoy and Connor Geeky who are top-end talents like I don't exactly know if either one of them will make the step into the NHL next season Hmm? what what do you think I I don't think so I you know they're both guys that, I mean, they're high end players, but I don't think they're guys that will step into the NHL right away, but we've been surprised no. before Cole Sillinger. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. That's walked right into the of. NHL right away. And it's a guy that was not drafted super high. I mean, he was in the top 10, but I wouldn't have thought he would have been able to play right away, but uh, you know, the type of player he is good defensively and any of those types of guys, if they're good defensively teams will be like, yeah. okay, we, 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 you know, if you look like you belong, they'll, they'll play. And Cylinders played really well um, for Columbus this year. So you never know. I mean, you know, there's been talk about, you know, Savoy's not the best defensively, so I'm not sure. But it also depends on what team he goes to. I mean, if a team doesn't have a lot of depth at center ice, they may, he may impress enough to play. So we'll have to see, but. I don't think so. I think they're both going to be back in the WHL next season and um, Winnipeg will be happy to have them back. That's for sure. Yeah. And that's kind of where I was going with that was, and if they, you know, that's a team that can definitely make that run again next year, you know, Benson will be a year older. They're going to lose Connor McLennan. Um, he'll be probably with Philadelphia's farm team, which is Lehigh Valley. Yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. So he'll likely be there. 
And, you know, there's just, there's a number of talent on that Winnipeg team. It's going to be interesting to see how they transform next season, even, and just if they can be as dominant as they were. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because, I mean, it depends. There were some of the guys will, of course, every year some stars go. And, I, you know, the, looking at the bottom, you know, the teams that are a little lower than them, like the Red Deer Rebels, yep. you're going to have uh, Arshdeep Baines, their leading goal scorer, leading point getter in the WHL. He's going to be gone. Um, yeah. You know, and Ben King most likely will be as well. Yep. I, I believe he's in his last eligibility too. Yep, pretty sure. So I yep. mean, he he'll be gone. That's two of their tops. I mean, some of this, a lot of the WHL teams will change, and uh, we'll see how it all kind of shakes out. Because you know, even Dylan Genther for Edmonton Oil Kings. I mean, that's, he may be in Arizona next year, right? So that's the team that I was just about to bring up. Like, I think that's the team that'll see the biggest shakeup because they're going to lose a guy like um, like Genther. Uh, Jake Neighbors will be with St. Yeah. Louis. I mean, Neighbors played nine games with St. Louis, I believe it was already this yeah. season. So like he's going to get his full-time job next year. And if not, he'll play for Springfield. Luke Prokop has the chance to make moves with Milwaukee. Um, he could even step in with Nashville. Caden Gooley obviously is going to have huge interest with Montreal. They're really going to want him. It's yeah, Jakob Demick with Vegas, I guess, yeah. even too. Sebastian Kosa. That's a team that I think gets kind of split apart. And then yeah. Justin Sordeff, like, holy cow, like I just could keep naming off players that are <laughs> draft picks. Like it, that's a team that I think kind of gets disbanded. And I think their dynasty that they've had is going to shift into more of a rebuild over the next few years. But who knows? I mean, yeah. this is a team that has been relatively dominant for almost for, for, for a decade. I mean, you think back when they had Curtis Lazar, Mitch Moraz, Griffin Reinhardt, um, just to name a few, they, they've always been a talented organization. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see if they have anyone in their pipeline that can come and step in and uh, That's know, what I was thinking, yeah. the next wave because they've been, yep. yeah, like you said, they have been really good at doing that. So, you know, I, I have no doubt that they, they would just continue it. We'll see uh, what guys can step in and what type of trades they do as well, which can happen. Um, yep. They got sort of in that trade uh at the deadline so uh we'll see it's yeah it'll be interesting i'm excited yeah so i mean moving on here uh talking about another you know we were talking about guys moving on and uh True. here we go uh 20 year old pats um regina pats captain logan nyhoff uh, signed a two-year contract with the san diego gulls of the ahl so he's gone pro uh long time pat collected Career best, 20 goals, 43 points this season. Uh, played over 200 games with the Pats uh, from Comox here in BC. Uh, nice. So accumulated 117 points over his career here. So 56 goals and 61 assists there. So quite a long career with the Pats and uh, good luck to him. And play, goes pro and with the San Diego Gulls, which is the Anaheim Ducks uh, farm team. It's just an AHL contract. So... I mean, we'll see if it, if the Anaheim Ducks see any interest in him to sign him to an NHL deal, but good for him. He moves on and see what he does in the AHL. I think that's a, that's a good signing. I mean, he's a hard-working, hard-working kid. And, you know, as you mentioned there, 226 games. He's a seasoned veteran in the WHL from Comox. I've got some family out there in Comox. Beautiful place. I mean, Vancouver Island's yeah. beautiful in general. Um <laughs> Just, you know, good for him, though. I mean, going, going to San Diego, it'll be pretty fun to play hockey down there. I can't lie. <laughs> yeah. I'll you just it. hang out on the beach and, like, <laughs> just have a good time after you practice or play a game. Um, but, and then, of course, you know, he's in that organization with the Anaheim Ducks. And he, of course, doesn't have that direct contract with the Ducks. But that's a system that he can work towards. Yeah. And, I mean, you think about the Anaheim Ducks. We talked a little bit about them last week when we touched on the uh, – Troy Terry and G Beagle incident, but you think about like guys like Terry and Jamie Drysdale, Olin Zellweger, um, Trevor Zegers, obviously. Um, you just you just think about the number of players Jacob Perot that are in their pipeline. It's it's exciting times for them, and then you know they've obviously have had great development down in San Diego. Yeah. So for for Niehoff, for Nishoff, I 
sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name for him to go there though, is going to be really good for his development and for his career. Yeah. And I mean, he was the captain. Uh, so he has and that another shape as well. So yeah, uh, he, he, you know, he may end up becoming, you know, something down there. I mean, who knows? Well, he may just be a journeyman AHLer, but uh, you know, some of these guys that we've seen in the past with uh, like Zach McEwen um, signs, undrafted guy and he's in the NHL now regular NHLer. so and he started off I believe he started no it, Canucks did sign to a regular deal but um, there have been guys that have been signed just out of these leagues and they work themselves up to an NHL contract and yep so I mean it does happen you'll get your foot in the door and impress the right people uh, you get an NHL deal eventually if you you know you do well enough so Good luck to him, and uh, we'll see what happens down there. Exactly, yeah. Good luck to him for sure. And, well, speaking of, like, an NHL debut, I guess we'll touch base on this now. Uh, so Cole Reinhardt, who played for the Brandon Wheat Kings from 2016-2020, made his NHL debut last Thursday night with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Reinhardt had 141 points, which included 75 goals and 66 apples in 252 games played with the Wheat Kings. Um, not to be confused with Sam Reinhardt or that Reinhardt family. It's spelled differently, um, but he looked sharp out there in his debut. I actually had the game on for some reason. I was just watching. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sure why I had the Ottawa Nashville game on, but, but it was good. And then, you know, Mark Kastelik. He has also found himself kind of as a fourth liner there in the Sens lineup. And he played for the Calgary Hitmen from 2015 to 2020. And from what I remember with about Mark Kastelik was he was a man amongst boys in mm -hmm. that league. I mean, he is just a beast out there. 6'3", 220 pounds. I mean, he threw people around and he was, he was pretty well rounded i mean 235 points and 321 career yeah. games for the calgary hitman um he had one assist in a game over the weekend against the predators um and he got into a spirited fight with luke cunning uh he kicked the crap out of luke cunning uh <laughs> so, but this is a kid who is he's a big boy and he's somebody that can easily find a role with the senators in that fourth line especially considering what teams are building nowadays where teams seem to have one tough guy or one kind of guy that can play that tougher role, but also be that penalty killer. Um, Castellick definitely has that PK ability. He was somebody that the hitmen very well relied on for special teams. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to see just kind of what, what the senators are just doing, you know, I mean, obviously um, they've had the tragedy with Eugene Melnick and, you know, condolences to his family, of course, but it's interesting to see what they're going to be doing with their pipeline, with their, just everybody in that system. Um, what's your take on the Senators and these two young kids, former WHLers, playing? Well, I mean, like you said, it's interesting to see what the Senators are doing here because, like, we talked at the stuff with the deadline and all that and what they did, and it was interesting yeah. what they were doing. Um, you know, so these young guys are getting the chance uh, at the end of the season here, and like you said, uh, you know, Kastelik for sure. Uh, he's, he's got that uh, NHL, you know, type frame. Uh, you know, he can be a fourth line guy. He can be a depth guy. Uh, he is big. So, yeah. Like you said, six, four, two, twelve. 12. Uh, here's another guy who was captain in the WHL for a couple seasons with the Hitman, yep. and uh, you know, career high 47 goals in 2018, 19. So, Sure. And 122 penalty minutes in that season as well. So <laughs> yeah, he's not he was all over the place. So, I mean, he's a, he's a bit of a, you know, a guy that could actually, I actually, you know, comparing him to Zach McEwen. I mean, this yep. is a, a guy that does similar things. McEwen was a bit of a scorer. And when he was in the juniors, he played in the OHL, I believe. So, I mean, you know, these guys have a role still in the NHL, as long as you can skate, and have other things <laughs> rather than just fighting. Cause I don't think those exist anymore. No, um, you know, just no, a goon type not. guy. I mean, it doesn't work anymore. No. You have to have other skills. Like you said, you mentioned the penalty killing. Um, yep. That's a huge skill to have as a fourth liner. You can be, you know, even if you just play, you know, your specialty is a penalty kill and you play good minutes on the fourth line and reliable minutes. So you can find a role and, 
I see him being that type of guy, you know, in the AHL, he's not been a really big scorer. I mean, he's, he's got 11 goals this season. Um, but you look at the penalty minutes, 78 penalty minutes, probably a lot of those are fighting uh, yep. majors. Very, very much got a handful so, of those. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, fifth round pick of the senators and he can carve out a role as a fifth round pick. That's pretty good to be in NHL uh, in that round. So Mm -hmm. Um, we'll see what happens with him and but you know he's shown well so far and a couple assists in 11 games so he's yet to score his first nhl goal but i'm sure that'll come eventually yeah (laughs) Uh, oh yeah he's got the energy for that he's gonna he'll score that i I like the comparison to zach McEwen. that's a good one i think that's a i think that's a very fair comparison because McEwen's a guy we've talked about on this podcast before um that I just really wish the Canucks never got rid of. Like, yeah, he was somebody that just brings that energy to the lineup that, I mean, that no other player really can bring. Um, those are the type of guys that you really do need in a locker room. And I know we've talked about that before. People hate hearing you need people in the locker room, but you do. You need people to keep everybody cool, calm, and collected and keep the energy at a level that players can continue to compete at. Um, Kastelik obviously is a guy that can do that for Ottawa. Ottawa has a couple of those meat and potato guys like Austin Watson. I mean, he kind of runs around like a goon, but <laughs> I think Kastelik fits the bill a little more for them because he can play the PK role. He could even slot up in that third line considering his goal scoring ability, like you've touched on. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the senators do and, you know, a guy that I kind of think about when you talk about development, um, Nick Delorier. So Nick Delorier, I was listening to an interview with Michael Russo from The Athletic. Talked a little bit about how Delorier found his game a lot in Anaheim and yeah. on the PK. And he learned a lot about de- defensive skills. And he was already a defenseman in the QMJHL, transitioned to forward. So he already had those types of skills. And you look at what you know, you look at Logan Niehoff and he's going to San Diego and he's going into that development with Anaheim. So it just kind of correlates. And I had a bit of a thought there that, you know, Anaheim's really good at developing talent. Yeah. And, you know, just to fall back to, to Niehoff, I think he's a player that is going to develop well in that organization. Um, and yeah, that's that. I just kind of had yeah. that thought as I was talking about it and wanted to bring it up. Um, but but, you know, congratulations to both those guys on their debuts. Obviously, Castlex played a handful of games. Yeah. Um, but Cole Reinhardt, congratulations on your NHL debut. Seasoned WHL veterans, good for them. We'll move along. I'm done babbling. We have a couple <laughs> more side notes before we get to Matthew's top 96 rankings. And then we'll get you guys to the Denton Matejchuk interview. Awesome interview, by the way. Really oh, yeah. great kid. Yeah, I really like that interview. He very well spoken. Uh, you know, this is a guy that's used to used to being interviewed because he's a yeah. top top first round pick, going to be a first round pick this coming draft. So he's been interviewed many times on podcasts and is definitely showing it in an interview. So you'll definitely enjoy, definitely enjoy that interview for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we already touched base on the Winnipeg Ice claiming the Scotty Monroe Trophy. Um, but just one more thing on the Winnipeg Ice: uh, Chase Wheatcroft scored a between the legs goal pretty fancy um i don't know if you managed to catch that but it was it's pretty nifty yeah i saw that on twitter uh yeah yeah pretty, <laughs> i love it i love it i mean i've said this on the we've said this on the, in the past episodes that uh, this is great for hockey i mean it doesn't matter what mm. level we love seeing it so uh, you you yeah. do what you want out there like you <laughs> you want to go and you want to zegris it you want to michigan it you want to between the legs you do whatever. I mean, I'm the type of guy where I sit there, I watch it all, I cheer for it all. I you, Everybody knows by now I love fighting. I don't love it, but I understand that it's in the game. And, yeah. you know, I cheer for everything. I It's hockey. It's a great freaking sport. And I, you know, whatever type of, whatever the player does to bring energy to the arena, I'm all for it. You yeah. do it. You do it. Um, and speaking of bringing energy to the arena, Logan Stankoven hit 100 points. Uh, Shout out to him. He's now at 102. He's, I believe, second behind Archdeep Baines. Matthew can correct me, probably. Um, But I think he's, like, second or third behind Baines and King, maybe? He is second. Okay, so he's second. second. 
four points back. Man, it's that's nuts. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, one point ahead of King and uh, four points back of Bane. So, wow, we'll see. He could, you know, there's a few games left here. So, there's a couple. <laughs> but Bane's there's just a couple. Keeps, keeps putting in the <laughs> putting up the points. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm excited to see what our Steve Bane's can can become in that Abbotsford system and in the Canucks system. Yeah. I really want the Canucks to sign King though. Like, come on. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was talking to um, a buddy of mine yesterday. We were talking about the draft. Uh, you and I spoke a little bit about the draft after we were done recording last week. Um, we can speak a little bit on it, I guess, on the air here. But so you think about who's going to pick first and whether it's, Nemich or it's you know if it's Seattle and they already have Maddie Beniers do they go Simone Nemich or do they do they take Shane Wright and my buddy brought up the fact that in today's game it's all about the one two combo yeah and Seattle probably would pick Shane Wright because then they have a Beniers and a Wright combo yeah and one of them sure I mean they're both centers one of them can play the off wing it's something that I, I got to think about. And I think that's accurate. Like that's what we might see a lot of maybe this mm-hmm. year in the draft is teams kind of looking at having those one, two combos because you have an Aho Svechnikov, you have a Marner Matthews, Drysidle McDavid. I mean, the list goes on and on and on Huberto and Barkov, but you think about, you know, um, what's happening in the WHL. Luke Toporowski and Logan Stankoven, RST Baines and Ben King. So there you go. Just a couple little examples. (laughs) The Canucks would be very silly not to sign Ben King. Yeah. I mean, if that's where I was going, if anything, they they'll dominate in the AHL and uh, make it exciting down there to watch. And yeah, if that's the bare minimum, these two do do it. I don't think, I think Bain's the NHL player. I think he does play in the NHL at some point. Um, King, I don't know. I mean, he seems to be a guy that could, potentially be an NHL player. He's got definitely got the size uh, and, you know, the hands in front of the net. So, I mean, you never know, but take a chance on these guys. I mean, he's a power play guy. He's got half his goals in the power play, 23 of them. Yeah. I was 50 goals. I mean, just take play, advantage so. of the special teams then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all he does. I mean, That's <laughs> pretty good. Power play. guys that can score on the power play. So, yep. Yep. No, I agree though. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, but uh, moving along, the uh, just a couple more things. The Seattle Thunderbirds playing the Kelowna Rockets in the first round of the playoffs. And on the East, the Oil Kings will play the Hurricanes. Those are the only two matches that have been determined already. Um, I mean, they should be pretty good, uh, pretty good matchups. I mean, the Oil Kings and Hurricanes will be a good one. Um, I'm sure people are putting their bets on that game. If you can even bet on that, I wonder if you can. <laughs> but, but you know, the Thunderbirds and Rockets will be a good series because those are two teams that are just kind of battling it out. Like, Kelowna's really turned it around in the last, like, few weeks, it seems. Mm-hmm. And um, they're going to be – and, you know, shout-out to Andrew Crystal. He's another player I quickly wanted to talk about. Uh, I know we have to get into these rankings or else this episode is going to be a freaking hour and a half long. <laughs> um, but Andrew Crystal, he tied the Rockets record for most goals um, as a rookie with 25. I think he actually scored 26. So he has the record now. Um, so shout out to him. That's a kid who's also available next year's draft. Holy cow. Yeah, this next year's draft. We've said it many times and put it on a record. Uh, and repeat that draft Literally. is going to be insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and last thing, congrats as well to former Portland Winterhawks captain Nick Cisek on signing his entry-level contract with the San Jose Sharks. Um, that's obviously an awesome feeling. Uh, good luck to you, man. And we will now transition into Matthew's top 96 rankings, which we won't go through everything. We'll only touch base on the WHL. Um but I will start off actually with just his top five and then I'll let him take over from there. So I just wanted to go through your top five. So you have at number one, you have Shane Wright and number two, you have Logan Cooley at number three. You're you have your Slavkovsky at four, Simone Nemich and five from the WHL, Matthew Savoy. I like that. I think that's a very fair top five. Um, I listened 
to your guys' prospects corner, which is on YouTube from the hockey writers. And I agreed with what you guys kind of said that that is the five players that are in the top five. I think everybody has those five players. It's just a matter of where people rank them. Yeah. Um, we won't spend too much time talking about that as I want to, we want to touch base on all these WHL players, but I think that's very fair. So good, good job. <laughs> it's easy to rank the guys at the top when you get down to late, later on it's, that's where you get it, the debate yeah exactly <laughs> a lot of these guys around the same was you know bad of opinion of where guys going higher or lower um yeah. but i mean this tour you know all the rankings are that way but um yeah that top five i think is pretty pretty consistent throughout i mean yeah. some guys have you know nemich at two yep. uh you know, guys like that, Lambert a little lower, you know, stuff like that, but you know, Lambert six, but I mean, you know, Wright's number one for most rankings. Uh, some, I say a couple scouts put Cooley at one. Um, Nemich is sometimes at one as well. I mean, some guys have been there, but Wright is the more consistent, but yeah, I think those five are pretty much the same uh, along mm-hmm. around just maybe some movement. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, there's a handful of WHL guys, so I will let you take over and you can, we can talk a little bit about where you rank these guys. Well, I mean, mentioned Savoy at five, uh, of yeah. course. I mean, he's Winnipeg ice. Uh, we talked about that team earlier and, you know, he's, he's been dominating and uh, you know, some guys have him higher. I mean, five, I think is a pretty fair. I mean, Sofkovsky, I think is a, has more upside than him. Um, so Savoy there, we talked about him. We've talked about him on the, in the, on, in the past one guy, which like we talked about, he's going to be, uh, you know, the next interview here is Denton Matejchuk. And he rose up my rankings quite a bit. He was in the twenties, uh, in my first set. And, you know, after looking at his game and a bit more and talking to him and, you know, stuff like that, I've risen him up to 10 and, you know, he's now in my top 10. Uh, another ranking I saw him at 10 was Dauber, uh, Dauber prospects in their latest one. They okay. came out I, a little after mine and, and they had him at 10. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not out to lunch here. So there are other places that have him pretty high now. And, you know, he's like we said, he's an amazing, talented, very talented defenseman, a two-way guy. Um, you know, he has to get better, maybe a bit better defensively, but he's just so he's so good and the whl he's you know like we've said we said uh, you know he's leading defenseman just behind um zellweger who's having an insane season for him mm-hmm. and he's you know i i said in my in my piece there in the top 96 and matejak's in for even strength points he's he's second to zellweger and he has a lot of those primary primary points, so he doesn't get a lot of second assists. He got a lot of primary assists, and that means he's setting up these plays. He's not just, yep. you know, riding the coattails on of other guys. So, yep, he's leading the way. I mean, he's so yeah, he's driving that bus for sure. He's I mean, driving it, and I wonder if Moose yeah. Jaw fans are getting like deja vu to like a Morgan Riley almost. Like, oh yeah, like. I think Riley was a little more physical because he was a bigger kid, but you got to think that there's this, there's some pretty big similarities between these two and not just the fact that they're both dominating defensemen for the Moose Jaw Warriors. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he was a right-hand shot, I mean, he, yeah, wait, you know, everyone would be like clamoring to get this guy. Yeah. I mean, left-hand defenseman, you know, he, he's a lefty, but I mean, he's still, he's going to be a heck of a defenseman in the NHL and whoever team gets him, my gosh. And we'll see where he goes, but a lot of places are having him higher now and uh, we'll see, Um, you know, moving along, I'm not going to touch on everyone here, but I want to kind of touch on Kevin Korchinski as well. And he was another defenseman that I've seen kind of really high uh, FC hockey in their latest. They have him at six, I believe. So They've bumped him so high now. I have him at 24, which I think is around where he should be going in that 20 range. I mean, he's a very good two-way defenseman. Again, uh, left-hand defense for the Seattle Thunderbirds, and he's an impressive guy. But I don't know if I'd put him in that top six, you know, in that in that range. But, 
I mean, someone sees something in him, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was, I do some work for, I've mentioned it before, I do some work for FC Hockey. Um, there was some chat in the group chat about him. They're, they're very big fans of him. They 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 really like his game. They, they like him more than Matejchuk. And I, yeah. oh, I, 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 this <laughs> is why I love prospects. And this is why I love this industry, because you can, everybody can have their different oh, yeah. opinion and everybody appreciates and respects it. I think Matejchuk's better. But hey, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> it, it's whatever. Like, I mean, it's a ranking. Um, you know, FC's got some great scouts there. So, you know, it's it's that's what's the beauty about rankings, though, is you know, you can rank players where you want them and where you see fit. Yeah. And then you can compare them to other scouts and other people in the industry. And I think your projection for Kurczynski is very fair. I think that the bottom 20 is where he should be. Yeah. But I, I mean, yeah, hard. like you said, opinions and it's great. And that's why I love prospects too. Everyone has their own opinion and everyone accepts everyone's opinion and we have fun, you know, debating them and, <laughs> and it's great. So some people get pretty defensive, but yeah, okay. some people get defensive. Uh, I know last year when, uh, when I put out my first couple of rankings and I had, um, I had a couple guys really high and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, everyone's going on Twitter and it's like, why are you having so high? Why is that? Well, I mean, I saw something and, you know, you see something different and hey, ultimately everyone has their own opinion and it depends on how they make it in the NHL because it's up to them in the, in the end. Right. So it is. And that, and that's exactly what it is. And not to, not to keep, but not to, you know, hold off on this rankings, but, you know, Logan Stankoven was a guy that I had in my personal little rankings yeah. in the in the first round. I had him in the top fifteen. I did too. Yeah, Matthew Coronado. I my the name just there you slipped go. my Coronado. mind. Yes. It was Coronado. Uh, and I he had went, him at thirteenth. I had him at tenth. Uh, yeah. going into the draft, and I believe he went fourteen right to there the Calgary go. Flames. So, yeah, he went pretty but, close. You know, so is a guy that, um, he. He brings that two-way game as well. He's got good mobility. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's hit and miss. We'll, be see. Interesting. we'll see where he goes. Yeah. It depends on what team thinks highly Ooh. of him. Some teams may think highly of what he does and what type of defenseman he is. And But I think he's going to be a heck of a defenseman too. And yeah, uh, a lot of good defensemen in this first round. That's for sure. A lot of guys from the dub, uh, which, I mean, they develop defensemen. I mean, that's just, oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they know how. So This is the known fact in, in the scouting world. WHL produces some of the most elite defensemen there is. I mean, yeah, you get a guy. We already talked about Morgan Riley. There's yeah. one guy right there. Um, yeah. To touch base on your second round, I want to just pick out one guy here quickly. Um, you can talk about whoever you want, but Matthew Semenov. We've talked yeah. about the Blazers before. We've talked about Semenov before. I just wrote a piece about Semenov for FC Hockey, actually. Um, you know, he's a player that I think can become serviceable in like a top in like a top nine situation. Um, what What are your thoughts? Oh, I'll, I've mentioned. I believe I mentioned this on this. Uh, podcast before too is i love his work ethic i mean mm -hmm. and you know i i said i believe it was on prospect corner i said this that he could be a great third line two-way guy energy guy uh applied yeah. a few goals 15 20 goal score maybe and be that uh you know guy that can help you win cups because as we've seen in the past of the tampa bay lightning third lines win championships and I think he could be that type of guy that could provide that top, like you said, top nine and, you know, jump into the top six, maybe at times, but be that energy guy that, you know, scores a few goals, but, you know, brings it every night and, uh, you know, elevates whatever line he's on. And um, I, I gravitate to Matthews, but it seems like a lot of the Matthews, similar, similar style of play. And, Maybe it's the name. I don't know. <laughs> but hey, it, it just seems well like be. it. Maybe it's a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, it could. Well, it very well could be. And that's just, that's the one thing that I really mentioned. Um, and when I talked to some people that were involved with the Blazers and people that have been to games, his work ethic is just off the charts. And that 
is something that Scott Wheeler, our former guest, has said will get him to the NHL. Yeah. Is his work ethic. And that's what's crazy to me. I mean, like you you have to have that drive. And, you know, hats off to him. You have him ranked at 41. I think that's fair. Um, another guy that I kind of just wanted to touch on, you have him at 36, Owen Pickering. So speaking yeah. of defensemen, um, your thoughts? Well, there's another guy that rose up a bit. I don't think he rose up very much, but I think yeah. he, he, again, another defenseman that's just, and again, we've talked about this in the, with the WHL is that they produce great two-way defensemen. I mean, they don't produce just one side. I mean, all these guys are good at both ends of the ice. And yeah, this is what, this is what they do. They know how to produce these guys. And, you know, Pickering's going to be, again, another intriguing defenseman. I think he could potentially push himself into that first round. I mean, he's just outside of it in my rankings at yeah, 36. Um, you know, 32 is the set now the end of the first round with the Seattle Kraken in here now. So, I mean, he's right there. So I think, again, he's similar, that two-way mobile defenseman that can play in all situations and again, there's another guy that a team is going to love having in their lineup. And I, I love the WHL because of the defensemen and that, because they produce so, so good ones. And I love watching these guys. So uh, we'll see how our Pickering goes, but uh, I like him a lot. I like Owen Pickering too. I think he is somebody that really made a standout presence at that top prospects game. And yeah, he's a player still, that, I have talked to one of my close buddies about um, as a player that I think the Blazers should go after next season. Um, the Blazers have been very vocal about, and Logan Stankoven even had mentioned it too. It's They're all in next year. I mean, they're kind of all in this year, but next year it's all in. It's Memorial Cup or nothing. And the Blazers are very well going to be like the Edmonton Oil Kings and they're going to do what they need to do. And they're going to acquire players. Pickering would be great. Um, I love his game. And, you know, speaking of the Swift current Broncos, uh, uh, one player that I wanted to touch on is in your third round. You have him at 68th overall, uh, Matthew Ward. Yeah. So that's another, um, I like Matthew Ward as well. And, you know, third round is, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he could potentially be a, for a second round pick maybe as well, but, uh, yeah, it's yeah. there's another guy that uh, that work ethic is is the same with him. Yep, he's a bit undersized and yeah, that's right. In yeah. that, in that's you know, in that standard five eight hundred and sixty pounds according to elite prospects. But I mean, you look at his numbers in Swift Current this year: fifty seven points, twenty two goals, thirty five assists. He's going to finish the year with that because they've only got one more game left in Swift Current. Um, you know, he's a camel's boy too, so there's that. Um, yeah. But not even to just touch on that. I mean, like, so I sent in an email. We're going to go off topic for a second. I sent in an email to the 32 Thoughts podcast. Um, I love listening to Elliot and Jeff talk. Uh, it's what I do every single morning. I listen to the Jeff Merrick show. Um, and I just talked about undersized players and when we're going to finally see that stigma leave the NHL and leave the rankings, like leave the you know, the draft because guys like Logan Stankoven, Alex to kid, you know, we've, we've beat this drum before, Yeah. but these guys are all players who are making impacts. You look at Stankoven second round pick 40 some odd overall. I think it was 42nd overall. And now he's got 102 points in his very next season in the WHL. Yeah. Like, I mean, so you look at Jaeger Furcus, he's five foot 10. He's, you know, he's a, he's not undersized by any, he's, he's skinny. But he's a player that can just, you know, he's going to be really talented. Ty Nelson, five foot nine defenseman. I mean, Jared Spurgeon's five nine. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you look at a guy like Matthew Ward, who has the numbers that he has this year in Swift Current and has 22 goals um, as a five foot eight player. You even look at the QMJHL with Antonin Vero. There's just a lot of smaller players, Lane Hudson, that deserve to have to be more looked at is kind of what i'm saying you know mm -hmm. i get that the people are all about the six foot two 200 pound players but i think you know a lot of these players they fall and then you know as we've talked about before people go what the heck how they 
how'd they get to the second round? How'd they get to the third round? What happened here? Um, I don't know. I, I, it's not that I think Matthew Ward could, you know, stand out and be like a 50 goal scorer, but I just, it's just something I thought about. And I, you know, I sent in that email, hopefully they answer it on their next uh, episode. Uh, Cause it's something that I'm just interested about because you look at what Cole Caulfield is doing in Montreal and just dominating and he's a smaller guy. I don't know. I don't know. I, I that's I mean, we've talked about in the past and on you know with this. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll we'll move it, past this quickly. <laughs> but I mean, just to touch on, I mean, this is not WHL, but Lane Hudson. Uh, I wrote yeah. his profile the other day and read a, not, a great piece by Scott Wheeler. Go on and check that out because um, I kept, took a couple quotes from that article for the profile because it was just so good. Um, you know, he went deep into his game and. You know, Hudson, he's small, but he's super yeah. skilled. I mean, this guy, he can, he's got the brain to, you know, overcome that size. He's probably one of the yep. smartest um, defensemen in the draft um, with his, you know, how he can manipulate his skating and, um, you know, know where to be in certain areas. And, you know, his size doesn't seem to matter. I mean, he's really one, you know, his coaches say he's one of the better, def, def, you know, defensemen defensively, which is usually something that doesn't you know, is something with undersized guys they have problems with because they can't, you know, battle in front of the net, battle on the boards. But he's one of the better defensemen in that area because of his his hockey IQ and, uh, you know, his very stick work. And, you know, I mean, you know, we've seen this with Elias Pedersen, you know, the same about offensive, pure offensive guys. And they, you know, but they're really good defensively because they know offense they have the yeah. hockey iq to know okay this guy if i'm going defensively against this guy well i know what i would do so they counter in the way to stop them in that way so you know hockey iq is just so massive in, in looking at this stuff you can overcome a lot by having that yeah absolutely and i think that's you know we talked about work ethic and that getting into the nhl but exactly it's hockey iq that's another thing that can get you into the nhl um and another player to talk about quickly here uh, is a goaltender that you have ranked and Tyler Brennan. So we've talked a little bit about him before. Um, obviously, goalies are kind of hard to come by in this draft. Um, no, there's no shorter. I mean, there's not very many. But what do you make of Tyler Brennan? And I think that where you have them in that third round is definitely feasible. I think that's where a team definitely just takes the chance on them. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him in the second round in some rankings, um, but I mean, you know, he, you know, like we said, the goaltending isn't strong in this draft. I mean, there's not a lot of high end guys. I mean, there's a few kind of mid tier um, that could potentially yeah. go in around this time. But I think Brendan is, he could, but he could go at the end of the second round. Um, I have him kind of like mid third. So, I mean, I think that's probably where he's going to end up, but I mean, some team may see more of him and see what, you know, to draft a guy him higher, but I feel like, you know, you don't draft a goaltender like that beyond, you know, in the second round for, you know, definitely not the first. Um, but I think he could be a serviceable uh, NHL starter in the future, but uh, you know, like we've said in the past, goaltenders take a long, lot longer to develop than regular play, you know, forwards and, and stuff like that. So it could be a three, four years down the road. And that's happened with some goalies. All of a sudden they're, they're in the NHL and you're like, well, they've been in the system since like, you know, 20, whatever. And they've been a few seasons and all of a sudden they're there, but they take a little bit longer. So, yeah. For sure. And I think that's, yeah, we've, we've beat the drum on that many, many times on the goaltender conversation there, but you know, it, it take, takes a bit for them to develop, of course. Um, you know, Prince George's situation is obviously a little different in terms with Tyler Brennan doesn't have the best team per se, um, but it, it'll be interesting. And I think Thomas Millich, that's another guy from the WHL. Yeah. That's a goaltender. Uh, I do believe this is his second draft or is yeah, he he's going eligible? through it again yeah yeah so you know there's another guy but you know those are guys that'll get picked up one way or another um and it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh so 
thank you for going through your rankings. I know I kind of took over for a little bit there um, <laughs> and we just kind of went through that, but I will leave Matthew's rankings in the description below. Uh, you guys can check it out. This is also our first show. I forgot to mention at the top of this, this is our first show that's going on YouTube as well. Um, so nice. you guys can find all the links very easily on the YouTube show. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode, listening to us babble about our, you know, what we love to talk about. Uh, please enjoy the episode with, sorry, the interview with Denton Matejchuk and have yourself a great day. Well, everyone, it's my pleasure to welcome our next guest to the show. Please welcome from the Moose Jaw Warriors, Denton Matejchuk. How are you doing today, man? Uh, pretty good. How about yourself? We're good. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we kind of start things off with, you know, you're, you're young. Um, have you been like a fan of the Moose Jaw Warriors growing up? Or who were you a fan of uh, growing up in the WHL? Uh, yeah, I grew up in Manitoba. Uh, yeah. So kind of the team that I went to a couple games at and. uh the WHL and never really went to anywhere else. So that was kind of the team I knew of growing up. And then, yeah, they, before that was before Winnipeg uh, had a WHL team, but uh, yeah, kind of been branded pretty much. Nice. Um, they've obviously produced some great talent over the years. So you've got to see some pretty significant players like Mark Stone and such. That's awesome. Uh, who was your favorite WHL player as a kid? Uh, probably when I went to, Two games probably would have been Nolan Patrick when I went to Brandon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that that's pretty uh <laughs> Nolan Patrick's been pretty good. Um yeah. did you think about going uh to the NCAA or anything like that, or was the WHL always uh the path? Uh yeah, I thought I thought about the NCAA route and you know, just trying out the pros and cons and the differences between the WHL and the NCAA. And then that in the end I thought I felt the WHL was best for me. And I think uh I'm very happy with my decision and I've loved, loved playing in the WHL so far. Yeah. I mean, definitely a rightful decision. You've been on fire this year. Uh, what's been like your biggest motivator for this season? Obviously you have the draft coming up, but other than the draft, what's been motivating you? Uh, yeah. Well, I know that uh, hockey's what I've, you know, wanted to play for my whole life and uh, you know, on that uh, next top was well, not that far away. I think that kind of drives me and, I've done a lot to get this far and, you know, I just want to keep going to get, get to my end goal. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do everything to do that. And I just, just always try and remember that. And, you know, the, it's not always easy. And I think uh, you know, there's lots of, lots of paths that, you know, aren't easy. And I think I've just, just tried to do whatever I can to, you know, make sure I'm at my best for every game this year. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, like, who do you model your game after in the NHL? I mean, there's so many great defensemen, uh, great offensive defensemen, guys like you. Uh, who do you model yourself after and uh, watch? Uh, yeah, I think uh, probably Charlie McAvoy is the guy who I watch the most and you know, see a lot of similarities in our game. I think, you know, he's kind of that two-way defenseman that I want to be. You know, he's, he can play in any situation. He, he has the defensive zone awareness. He's really good with his body in the D zone and he's also got that offensive side he runs the top in the power play and things like that so I think there's lots of similarities in our our games nice that's a good that's a good yeah. choice for sure <laughs> I love McAvoy he's a great <laughs> defenseman um who's like a guy in your guys's locker room that keeps things kind of light you know like jokes around when things are tense and just keeps everything everybody you know everyone's head on straight uh yeah I think we got a couple guys that are pretty good at that I probably go with uh Luke Brenton. I sit beside him in the room. So sometimes when it gets tense, uh, you know, he's always, he's always talking to me and stuff like that. So I think probably, probably he'd be the, the guy I'd go with. Nice. Nice. And um, both you and uh, Jagger Fergus have been like rocketing up rankings uh, lately, mine, mine included. And uh, what do you think about his game? Uh, what he's done to kind of put himself on the map in the last few weeks and the top prospects game. So like that, what can you say about him? and his game uh yeah i think he he's been uh, great great uh, so far this year and uh you know he's he's just showing everybody what he can do and uh you know he's, he works hard at it and you know he sees the ice really well he's got a great show. yeah he's he's a really good player and he's a guy that i like to play with and yeah definitely definitely awesome to see him uh shoot up the rankings and how he's doing right now it's uh, it's cool to see
Yeah, you guys definitely have some good chemistry together out there. Um, so speaking of the top prospects team, you were named captain. Um, what was that like for you personally to be named captain at such a prestigious like event for draft eligible players? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, it was a huge honor to be able to do that. And, you know, I just, just tried to make the best of it and do whatever I could to help out guys and whatever they needed. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, they're all coming from, from different clubs. So it's kind of hard, you know, get a, get a feel for them real, really fast. I think, uh, I think it just did the best I could to, you know, be myself and do what I do every day and Moose Jaw. So I think I did a pretty good job of that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that whole weekend was a lot of, like you had the skills competition type thing uh, with that testing. And then you had the all-star kind of like an all-star game. I didn't feel like it was an all-star game. Uh, what was it like from a player's perspective, that whole weekend, the game and all that? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like, you know, the top, but not like dogging it out there or anything. Everybody's going at their, their full potential. So kind of my mindset going and I want to get my best for that game. And I think everybody else did too. And they wanted to yeah. show what they could do. And, you know, at the, the top prospects game, you know, it was all the top players in the CHL. So I think uh, that's something that, you know, I thought about going in and I wanted to be, you know, the same player I was, but just try and elevate my game and do everything, everything just as, as well as I could during that game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's kind of like what Matthew said. The game didn't really feel like an all-star game. It was like watching the best junior players go at it. There was no horsing around, nothing like that. Do you think maybe like the COVID pandemic and the whole break over the last couple of years has kind of taken an effect and that's why everybody was playing at their highest uh talent uh yeah i think uh, i think maybe it could have affected a little bit i think uh you know, definitely unfortunate you know not, not all being able to play for the last uh couple yeah of, uh yeah it definitely has an effect on people and you know they want to be at want to be at their best for a big showcase like that absolutely yeah for sure uh, was there anybody on your team that you guys you clicked with and made friends with kind of like right away? Um, yeah, like uh, new Connor Geeky pretty much my whole life. So pretty good buddies with him before. And uh, Tyler Brennan, uh, goalie from mm-hmm. Prince George. Mm-hmm. Too. And then, yeah, Jagger, obviously, we're pretty good buddies here. So, you know, talk, talk quite a bit there. And, you know, we're buddies there too. Awesome. Was there... Um... Anyone like GMs, uh, scouts, anyone that talked to you during that, uh, the weekend, uh, you know, kind of gauge your draft type stuff or, or is it just uh, players and stuff like that? No, we just, I was just with the players the whole time. I didn't, uh, didn't interact with anyone. No, that's fair. I, I just, we figured we'd ask that. We saw some videos <laughs> of like Steve Eiserman and guys hanging around. So we were just curious if anybody was poking around. Um, you got to represent Canada, the U18s. Uh, what was that like to put on the Canadian jersey? I know you put it on at the Youth Olympic Games, but playing at the U18s down in Texas last year, what was that like for you? Uh, yeah, it was definitely a huge honor, and I was uh, very excited to go into that tournament and play. And uh, I just tried to play my role, play my game, and you know, do that. And uh, you know, to win gold—that's that was a pretty awesome feeling. And to do that with that group of guys is—it was, was a really awesome experience, and some uh, I definitely won't forget. For sure. I, you know, that team was pretty loaded with talent. Uh, was there anyone on the team that kind of caught your eye that you know was going to be a star one day in the NHL? Uh, yeah, I think uh, obviously Connor Bedard and Shane Wright, those two guys are yeah. <laughs> really good players. And, you know, they're going to be, they're going to fill into their roles and they're going to be great, uh, great players at the NHL level. And I think, I think also Brand Clark. Um, mm-hmm. thought he was uh, really, really good. And the, uh, you know, he's got that poise to him where he doesn't force anything, and he, he's very smooth as a skater and thick, and he's just very, very compact game. And I think, uh, you know, I think he's gonna have a good career in the NHL too. He's, he's a guy that uh, definitely, definitely has lots of potential. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, good outlook for sure. So, other than winning gold, what was the most memorable moment of the tournament for you? Uh, probably playing in that first game uh, when yeah. I got it. That was pretty cool moment you know to be a part of that and be able to play it wasn't in front of a ton of fans or anything like that because of COVID but uh, it's still uh, still awesome to you know put on that jersey and go out there and play for sure um you know moving into the 2022 draft which is in a few months uh <laughs> obviously you're a highly ranked prospect kind of moving into the first round upper you know half of the first round and a lot of rankings um what do you think about that uh 
do you think about the rankings stuff like that or is it just you play your game and just let it fall uh yeah i think uh, you know obviously you think about it a little bit but uh, i just try and keep it at the back of my head and i know i know the draft by the way is way and there's still lots of hockey left and there's still lots that i that i want to prove and you know keep playing my evolving as a player so i think i think i know that I, you know it's nice to see the name there and stuff but i still know that there's more hockey we played sure yeah, absolutely. Um, have guys like Damon Hunt or Ryder Corksack given you like any advice heading into the draft just as guys who have been drafted before and been in your position? Uh, yeah, a little bit. You know, they yeah. just say health and, you know, just play your game. Don't try and change anything if there's, you know, more people in the crowd, more scouts in the crowd or whatever it is. So I think uh, I think that's good, you know, just to be be myself. And I think that's, you know, very good, very good advice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're making quite the impression. Um, just a couple more questions, man. We'll let you go. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, so we just like to end things off just some fun little things. Uh, who's your favorite music artist? Uh, I'd probably say, uh, 21 Savage and Drake. Those two guys. Yeah, I okay. like. 20, I love 21 Savage. So good stuff. What, what song do you like? Uh, probably running is my favorite by 21 yep. Savage. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you do outside of hockey? Uh, golf, watch TV, uh, what type of stuff do you do? Yeah, my uh, my older brother actually plays college baseball, so I, I pretty much play baseball every summer growing up, and then huge fan of golf. I love uh, love golf, and then uh, also fishing. Uh, I have a cabin back nice. home. I, I do that quite a bit. Awesome. Are you watching the Masters this weekend at all? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Here, uh, <laughs> so uh, seeing him back in action is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's super cool. Uh, <laughs> Well, thank you so much, man. That wraps up all of our questions. Uh, thank you again for coming on the show. Good luck in the rest of the season and good luck at the draft, man. Right, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks yes. for having me. Yeah, take care. Thank you too.